Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. That was a curious I- I- insult that you told us uh, in our ears there, Austin, coming into the show. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't mean it to be insulting. You called this country bumpkins. Hey, hey, that was off air. That's breaking the code, what you just did. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome on in. Happy Monday, everybody out there. How are you, Gordon? How's it going over there? I'm doing well today. How are you, Jake? I'm fine. Other than uh, what didn't sound like a real good day yesterday, how was the weekend? It was good. I, uh, it was a good weekend and uh, ready to go this week. Uh, we are in the middle of summer now, and I love it. It's like 90, was it 96 degrees outside today, something like that? I don't know. Hot is is what it is. I got out of my car at the same time Austin did today, and uh, I looked at Austin, and I, he, he reminded me of like a like a melting popsicle. Like liquid was just pouring off of him. And he was getting out of his air-conditioned car. It's like you've actually been outside for three seconds. Yeah. What happened? I don't, my glands don't need a reason to sweat. They just do. Are and you, then when it is hot. Are you a sweater? Oh, yeah. Me and Patrick Ewing, we could have a contest, man. It, it would be close. So when you stand, like when when your teammates are making, is shooting free throws, you're, you're, you got a puddle down there. Just yeah, they make me wear a bib, actually. You get all playing, lathered yeah. up mm-hmm. like that. And, hmm. Hope you drink plenty of water, because I could see you getting dehydrated in like five seconds. Yeah, I don't drink as much water as I probably should, yeah. Yeah, we all need to do a better job of that. Are you, you know, women like sweaty men, Austin. What? Yeah. I, that's the first anyone's ever said that I've never heard anybody. that before. <laughs> what are you talking I'm trying about? trying to make him feel good. Oh. And I, 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 I don't know if that's true or not, but I've, you know, I mean, that's sort of. A, not a chance it? that's true. No? That women like sweaty men? Yeah. No. Sweaty, bald, chubby men. Uh, speaking of Austin, Austin, uh, of course, we it, it's a, a bit on the station, kind of. And it's really true, actually. But Austin has, has bad luck. We've talked about, uh, I guess it was the 10-year anniversary of the, the home run ball that hit Austin's seat while he was up getting water for him and his friends. Uh, we, we've talked about a bunch of them, right? Um, well, Austin had another one happen over the weekend. Did what? you hear him talking about this on no, his show? I didn't hear it. No, what happened? Austin, you know how he's been threatening to, to get out and play some golf this summer. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a goal. Well, Austin, you... Did you, you back yeah. over your clothes you, or something? You no, worse. Well, well, I don't, I don't know, know if that's about, worse. Yeah, right. I don't know about worse. But uh, but uh, you decided to try and get out and play a little golf this yeah, weekend. Me and my brother and brother-in-law, we made a tea time, made arrangements. My mom was kind enough to watch the baby. Uh, and Whitney was at work, and I thought, ah, I may never get a shot again. Uh-huh. So let's go. All right. And we got there, and we uh, played a hole of golf, and then we had to leave the golf course because there was rain and lightning. And by rain, I mean Jumanji pouring oh, yeah. from the sky. And by, huh? by lightning, I mean the marshal rounded us all up and said, you have to leave. 
So one hole, one hole in, and I ended up having to pour my shoe out before I got in my car. Uh, did it blow through quickly? No. <laughs> well, actually, about an hour later, oh, the sun was wow. the the sky was sunny again, and so you finally carve out some time to go do that, and it uh, your all your appetite is is ready to go. You're all fired up. One hole played a great hole too. It was wonderfully wonderfully done, and then uh, God saw that it was me and said, "Ha." Halt there with your good time, sir. I mean, you'd rather you'd rather be rained off the course before, like before you got on, right. like show up and have it, but to get one hole in and uh-huh. to actually play pretty well. I mean, like, all right, and my brother birdied. I remember why I like this wow. game, and then all of a sudden, you know, your round's over. I mean, that's just torture, you know. But it's par for the course. Aust- as it Austin's Austin's luck somewhere along the way has to turn. Has I've been to. saying that since the day I met him. Have you gotten any indication? It wasn't just that over the weekend either. Oh, more. Really? Oh, my wife's been dog sick all weekend. And <sighs> the baby was sick. and It was a rough go this past weekend, fellas. It was a rough one. But that was supposedly your time off, right? That, that, was, my, that was my afternoon for the summer. <laughs> I spent it. And you got just waterlogged, yeah, which is yeah. just, yeah, I mean. Drink plenty of water Saturday night. <laughs> Austin, I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm glad really that not. it's this stuff that I have bad luck with, oh, with yeah. cars oh, and, and pipes oh. freezing and, and home run balls and golf and not stuff that matters ultimately. Right, right, right. But, right. but man, I'd love a day. Just one. Where just e- one day. Where everything just unexpectedly went right. Or just, yeah, just normal. Uh-huh. Just normal. What you consider a boring day, I'll have it. I'll take it. Well, if you roll that way, say a prayer for Austin Horton. Maybe well, maybe he'll have an afternoon where he can go out and play some golf. He deserves, were you playing 9 or 18? Oh, just 9. He yeah. deserves 9 holes. Yeah. He does. Yeah, Austin yeah. Austin deserves 9 holes with his nine brother holes. and his brother-in-law to have a good time. And and uh, have a little Austin time. Not only does he deserve nine holes, he deserves to shoot like one or two over par. But nope, he gets one hole in, and then eh, no more for you, sir. That second, that'd be akin to the Red Sea, just so we know. That would that would be moving a mountain for me to shoot one or two over par. But so uh, Austin goes and and uh, tells his buddies, "Yeah, I played golf." They said, "Would you shoot?" He said, six. Yeah, <laughs> he parted though. So what was it? Oh, a four? Five. That's a five. A, a five. I might actually. I don't remember. It was close to something like that. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Austin. It was a great hole, though. Good to see you. I'm. I'm glad you got a hole. I'll see you next summer at the golf course for a hole. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, brother. Plus, has anybody else noticed that we're in the middle of a heat wave? You know, like the the one hour it rains is the is when you choose to go. What was it Saturday? A hundred and one. It was hot. No, it wasn't that hot. It cooled off. It was cooler than I thought it was going to be because I. I thought Austin was going to be out in the front yard in his loincloth. Remember, he oh. said that he was going to be working in see, the yard. See, and, I, and so I, you said it was going to be so hot, and I went and played golf on Saturday as well, just nine holes, and it didn't rain where I was. Hmm. But but I thought, you drive are you port, rubbing you know, it in? Did you drive your you Porsche doing? there oh, too? Just, or? That's, yeah. why, that's why I'm surprised. What are you doing? No, I'm not rubbing it in. You I'm, are though. I am not. Yes, did you get you a free are. round just because you hit a hole in one? Juice Newton showed up and played with you? Oh, man. Austin, Austin gets one hole in, and you can't wait to say, well, I got nine in. They swiped your card, and you were the one millionth customer, and now you golf for free for life. Is that what happened over the weekend? 
No, everybody has some bad luck, but you're on a pretty good streak here, I got to admit. Well, yeah. years. Years of bad luck. Lifetime. You're talking about that home run ball thing was 10 years ago. What's the luckiest moment? I mean, well, let me phrase this a different way. <laughs> when uh, when was it? When, was, when did I get lucky? Yeah. When was the time when you were lucky? I mean, if, if we're being serious, I'm pretty blessed. I'm pretty, you know. No, no, no. We're not talking matters, about no, not not big life stuff. No, just just hey, that was a <sighs> fortunate turn. I of almost I almost got some good luck once. Almost all my life, I all I ever wanted to do was go on the Price Is Right and, and win a car. That's it. Uh-huh. That's is that too much to ask? Well, maybe, but that's all I wanted. Uh-huh. And so, me and my buddies, we decided after we graduated high school, we were going to go to the Price Is Right. And uh, we were the first in line. We stayed out all night in that parking lot, avoid being stabbed to death. And we survived, and we got in, and they uh, they took your interview, and they asked you a couple questions, and they, then that's how they decide who goes up on the stage. And my best buddy got to go, and he was in the seat next to me, <laughs> and he won a truck. So I almost got lucky. Me. I, I know someone who got lucky. The right. guy next to you won a truck. Uh-huh. And an oven. But you know, I, I I know you're not much of a gambler, but when you do happen into a casino, how does that go? So I've been once, once. Okay. Well, I've been through casinos before, but, but I've actually sat down yeah. at a five dollar blackjack table in college. I said, I got to do this. I got to be able to say I've tried this. Sure. Uh-huh. So I slapped the five down. I said, Hit me! Busted. <laughs> got up and left. And that was it. One hand. And you should have seen the dealer's face. He's like, Where are you going? What What has just happened? I even saved the receipt and put it in my journal when I used to keep a journal, and then uh, and said, "This is why you never gamble." And uh, yeah, five dollars right you know, down the tube. That actually might have been a stroke of luck right there because you probably saved yourself a lot of money. If I if I had actually won, yeah, yeah, and then I think I was good at it somehow. Right. And then you maybe you'd be. Was it was it foolish to ask to be hit on nineteen? Was that the wrong that move? Might have right. not not been right. Math not a strong suit. So anyway, Austin had. I felt uh, lucky. Austin didn't have a real great weekend. It had potential, but oh, didn't quite uh, come through. Austin's like the gift that just keeps on giving, isn't he? It's just one thing after another. Just hilarious, I'm unlucky glad, stories. I'm glad it's just the goofy stuff and not something important. Yeah. You know? I, I'm the lightning rod. It all comes to me so that you could all have a good well, time. Well, quite literally over the weekend <laughs> yeah, almost. That's true. One hole. That's my favorite part of the story. You made it through one. That's it. One so, hole. So I played golf on Saturday, and you played golf today. Uh-huh. No interruptions, nothing. No nope. Smooth sailing. Yeah, got all nine in. But I wasn't going to mention that, Austin. You noticed who mentioned that. You played that. golf this very day? Yeah. He hates you. I wasn't going to bring that I up. I hate you. Gordon brought it up. I wasn't going to bring that up. Well, let's be truthful here. Where are you, Parks? I'm calling the parking authority. <laughs> all right. How'd yeah. you shoot him? Uh, not well. Not well. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I was just no sympathy from Austin. I was just happy to be out there. That's all. And, and the Austin story made me even more happy to be out there. Yeah, you didn't have to pack up after one hole after you know carving all that time out and hauling your bag over there and you know making plans and then fill, being all excited and then being totally let down. Filling the bag full of water. Hmm. All right, uh, we <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Huh. All right, we do have a lot to do today. Coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to talk to uh, Chris Camerani 
formerly now of the Salt Lake Tribune. He had an announcement. He's going to be writing for The Athletic, covering the University of Utah football program. So we will talk to Chris coming up in the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And then uh, at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, Sean Salisbury is going to be on the show. He does uh, radio and covers the Rockets down in Houston. So we'll ask him if this Harden-Westbrook thing is actually going to work. Yeah, speaking of needing good luck. Well, we could ask him about this uh, Jadavian Clowney stuff, too, if yeah. we want to get into that. There are a couple stories coming out of uh, of Houston today. So uh, we'll talk to Sean Salisbury coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, the Jazz have been busy today, Gordon. Should we get to it in the split story of the day? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Austin. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, I mean, all of that right now has is, is just been um, a little shot in the arm, you know, in a sense, like I have a, I have another, it's like another chance, you know, and um, knowing what I'm coming into with the organization, uh, the culture, the, the players, um, like you said, Donovan, Rudy, Joe Ingles, I mean, Bogey, we go down the list, we have a really a deep team and, um, it's just an exciting feeling to know that that's what I'm walking into and the city's excited to have me, you know, it's not, you could easily have been traded anywhere else and, you know, them not really want you or think there's a bad deal or whatever. And you're just fighting that fight the whole time. But, you know, Salt Lake city has embraced me from since the trade happened. So it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a fun, fun time for me. I feel like I feel revitalized. I feel like I have a lot of energy, just ready, ready and anxious to get things started. All right, that was Mike Conley, and uh, of course we're seeing now the back end of the roster for the Utah Jazz uh, take shape, Gordon, as uh, some news today. Um, The Jazz have reached a verbal agreement to sign French forward William Howard, who's been playing over in in France. I don't know how to pronounce the team he was playing on, but uh, nonetheless, he's been playing over there in France. Uh, The Jazz also today uh, come to uh, sign Maie Oni to a contract, of course, one of their three second-round picks. And then over the weekend, Gordon, uh, they they signed Nigel Williams-Goss, bringing him back over from uh, from Europe. Of course, the Jazz picked him in the second round uh, three years ago. Yeah, a couple. Of, I think he was overseas for two years, if I'm not mistaken. Right, he was the same year as uh, as Donovan Mitchell. So the the Jazz bring back kind of a familiar face. They sign another foreign player and uh, sign one of their second round picks, and that brings their roster to 15. Yes, it does. So what does that mean for Jarrell Brantley? Two two way deal, maybe. That's what I would think. I would think that uh, the those other two second rounders are probably. Uh, be two-way players for the Jazz next year. William Howard, I mean, I looked at his numbers. They were, you know, they don't blow you away, but obviously the Jazz looked at him and said, it's almost like scouting a pitcher in baseball. You know, you wonder why, like, some high school kid gets some huge contract, uh, big signing bonus and all that, but he might not have the greatest record in the world, but they, they scouts can see the, what the raw material they have to work with, and that's probably what the Jazz are doing here. Are you surprised that it was Mia Mia Oni, um, of the three second rounders? No, because he played really well in summer league, and and uh, that was kind of the the scuttlebutt out there was that the the out of those players he was the one that really impressed. 
the Jazz brass. And and with with both these players, really, Gordon, uh, you you look at uh, Howard. He's six eight and two hundred seven pounds. Oni's six six. These these long rangy wing Potential guys, two way guys, as far as not contract, right. but. Both ends of the floor, and can get in and guard multiple positions. I just, uh, I think those types of players have so much value uh, that uh, you know because they're useful. You mm-hmm. can use them uh, in a pinch or in a number of different ways, and they can go out and they can uh, they can switch on defense and uh, do those sorts of things. And then if if they can shoot from three, I mean, all the better. Last year, uh, Howard shot. Uh, let's see here, thirty four percent from three. So and he was a little was better a little, the year before, right? Yeah, that was a low for him. He'd done better than that previously. But if you can guard multiple positions and you're at least suitable when it comes to shooting the ball or have some potential, then you could certainly have a role on this team or probably any NBA team. Those guys are so valuable. Yeah, I think looking at a player and uh, fitting him into your system, taking all that into consideration, and then developing him, those things are more important now than I think darn near ever before. Because when you have a developmental staff like the Jazz do, they, they're they looking for this. They're looking to grow players into something that is really useful for them. And whether how these guys work out, I don't know. But it's it'll be fun to watch and see. Yeah, and um, you know we'll see if the if this will probably conclude the Jazz off season now that they're at fifteen, unless unless we see something crazy and out of the blue. But uh, I would guess them signing Oni. Is, is probably a sign that uh, that they're about wrapping it up. Yeah, I would imagine. And you heard as we were coming into this segment, uh, Mike Conley uh, talking about how welcome he feels in Salt Lake City. And so you sort of run the gamut with this team as far as new guys coming in. Your lead point guard, who is expected to play a huge role all the way down the roster to the end of the bench. Uh, it's uh, It's an interesting mix, in my opinion. You know, guys who don't know nothing and have to learn everything and guys who are about as savvy as they come. Right. All the way down the line. By the way, we got to get – can we get Mike Conley? Can DJ and PK have Joe Ingles come on? Can we have Mike Conley come on with us? Because that that voice cannot be wasted by not being on radio. I know. He does have a great voice, doesn't he? We talked but, about that last Austin, week. Austin, can you play that again? I mean, just, I mean it's almost it's almost soothing uh, right. listening to him. And that doesn't happen very often. You want to hear his yeah. voice again? You want? I want him to like read the three bears to us or something. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, all of that right now has is, is just been um, a little shot in the arm, you know, in a sense, like, I have a, I have another. It's like another chance, you know. Yeah, that's a voice built for radio. It right sure there. is, and no better place than right here with us. Yeah, we need to get the wheels in motion there. If yeah. he and Coach Kraskoviak were in a voice-off, who would win? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, Chris Kraskoviak is more uh, bass, and Mike Conley is more soothing and smooth. He ought, yeah, he ought to host, host a smooth jazz show late night radio or something. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> MC. See, MC, Mike Conley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, we, need to, uh, we need to put that voice to work. It's Couldn't McJazz. Well, plus, I, I, I mean, he's obviously a thoughtful, insightful guy. I mean, oh, no uh, everything he's, uh, he's said so far is, is really interesting. I can't wait to, to cover him this upcoming season. I, I think he's going to be uh, a nice, fresh voice. Uh, for fans to listen to as well, I agree with that. And it doesn't he, when you hear him talk, it's almost a calming effect. Mm-hmm. 
and not just the tone of and tenor of his voice, but also his presence. And I think uh, I think the coaches have picked up on that and are really hoping that uh, with his, like I said, his seasoning, his savvy, that he'll be able to come in and help a guy like uh, Donovan Mitchell as he goes through a continuing climb. That how high it can go, I don't know, but I have a feeling that Mike Conley's presence isn't going to get in the way of that. It's going to enhance it. I I know what you're saying with the word seasoning, but is it weird that I'm I'm like picturing somebody like <laughs> like sprinkling Lowry's seasoning salt? What's on, your favorite seasoning? Uh, like on the grill, what are you going to go with? I don't know. Cajun lemon pepper. Uh, Cajun is pretty good. Cajun. Mm-hmm. Right. Depends on what you're cooking, of course. Old Bay is. Is pretty much where it's at. What's that? If you're having, oh, you, you you've had old I'm bay sure before, I have, yeah. I, I mean, if you've uh, spent any time in the the Chesapeake region, you it's, it's, you know it's what a, it is. It's a it's a version of salt. Uh, it's not really. It's a little more spicy, I would say, than salt. Mm. All right. If you've ever had a blue crab pick, oh yeah, you've had old bay seasoning. Okay, I'd almost be willing to bet. Yeah, you got to kill the taste. What are you talking about? You don't like blue crab? You're from that part of the country and don't like blue crab? It's okay. You just got to work to eat it. Yeah, you have to work to eat it, but it still (laughs) tastes good. I know. I remember remember coming back from the Chesapeake on Saturday nights after boating, and the crab shacks along the way would be absolutely jammed with people. And why wouldn't you? I mean, Virginia's for lovers and Maryland's for crabs. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. This is DJ and PK. I look at the Devils, they went 7-5. and five. All the great ones down there have rolled off a 7-5 and five season. Have you had a coach who didn't go 7-5? <laughs> and five? Well, yeah, they used to only play 10 games. So the Utes have to go back to the 80s to find a coach who didn't have a 10-win season. The Cougars have to go back to the 60s. They were playing fewer games then, so I guess that's not a good bar. That's what I just said. You just said it like I it was brand new news. You weren't paying a lick of attention. I hang on your every stupid word, and me, you just blow me off. That's a great point, Dave. They did play fewer games back then. Why didn't I think? Think of that. I was trying to find Utes and Cougars and match up with my Aztecs. I need some. You can kiss oh, my yeah, Aztecs. Yeah, I need some root beer. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Band of the day today, Jim Croce, selected by me, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. I threw some Croce on the turntable this weekend, Gordon. I thought it would be good for Band of the Day, but you uh, you tired of Jim when you were young? Yeah, he, he was one of those artists that they played so much when I was in in, uh, you know, those... Uh, Your formative years? Yeah, exactly. So you've just, uh, you've had your fill. Well, not necessarily. I still like, I, I'm, 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 I'm for the, pumped for the review. I, I think it was a good choice. But I have to get over that hurdle every time someone says, let's listen, listen to Karochi. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for indulging me today. I appreciate that. I like Jim Karochi. Just don't tug on Superman's cape. 
A uh, couple of uh, odds and ends. Don't spit into that wind either there, no, Gordon. that's not good either. Uh, let's talk about uh, there was some concern, apparently, Gordon, uh, about um, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They're undergoing some changes, a few renovations. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before. Some some actually uh, cool stuff, better transportation in the or better to get around than the stadium itself they're doing some pathways like connecting the concourses which is awesome more uh, bathrooms which is always good yep uh, but uh, i guess some people were down there for stadium of fire on july 4th and weren't you down there Am I no right? no i wasn't i thought i saw uh, anyway well uh, i might have family members that went oh Keith is that urban was performing is that what it was mm-hmm. uh but anyway some fans apparently were a little concerned about what they saw at lavelle edward stadium like this thing was uh might not be, gonna be done might uh, might be behind schedule but our good friend duff tittle uh, works in the communications department down there at uh, at BYU. Says everything is totally on schedule. Um, uh, in fact, here's the quote from Duff: "Quote everything will be completely done within 30 days." Unquote. Um, so everything should be just fine. And people who saw the uh, work zones or whatever, you know, eh, it'll be all right. Yeah, I wasn't down there. I have not looked at what's going on. They have a bunch of stuff wrapped up under wraps and all that stuff, and people going, wow. Because people don't trust construction dates, you know? Like, is it really going to be done in time? Well, we lived through one of those situations uh, right here at uh, at Vivian's Smart Home Arena. they were working 24-7 here, weren't they? In that last... That last what couple of weeks would you say uh, in there, Austin, or last the last week and a half or whatever? I mean, it was. There were some of us who had doubts. We're they? going all right. Is this thing going to happen? And hey, give them credit; they pulled it off. But yeah, I, they can do a lot. In you a know, day. there's a game tonight, right? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be done by five thirty. We'll be wrapping it up. Here's uh, here's what they've got to uh, finish, Gordon. Uh, the three remaining tasks: one, install fixtures in all the new bathrooms on the mezzanine level. Two, complete final painting and touch-up and uh, touch-up work in all areas. And three, finish the new staircase at the southwest corner of the stadium. Does that sound like stuff that could be finished in 30 days? Well, that, some of that's a little broad. Like, install fixtures in bathrooms. I mean, okay, that, that makes take, some sense. Well, yeah, but that could still take who knows how long. Uh, complete final painting and touch-up work in all areas. That's re- That could mean anything. Yeah. Touch-up work in all areas. You're going to see guys in, like, painter's outfits, you know, painting when people are walking on the concourse there. You know, one— Watch the drips. One thing that I'm glad that this arena here, Vivint Smart Home Arena, we're here at our Carrier Studios, what they're doing uh, down at BYU. Utah, I know expansion gets the kind of the headlines, but they're really renovating that whole— south part of uh, of the stadium which absolutely needs to be done and, mm-hmm. and has been needed to be done for a while now but here's the thing we have so much access on television to to sports these days you've got to you've you've got to invest in the in-person experience and that's why i'm glad they're doing work on these stadiums and and making it more pleasant for the fan to come and experience it in person because that's you know, back in the days of TV blackouts and all that stuff, Gordon. I mean, that was how you, you had to come to the game. So the stadium, you know, might as well. Uh, you know, who cares what condition it's in? Because that's how you're watching the game. But now you've got to you've got to give the in person something to want to go to. And I think it's great that the Jazz and and BYU and Utah and Utah State, of course, has, has sunk a bunch of money into their uh, their stadium. Weber State has done the same. I think that's good for the take care of the fan that's that's going through the turnstile and give them a better experience. Even if it's at eight thirty at night. Oh, 
especially if it's at 8.30 at night. I, I agree with you. It's gotten to the point now where people can watch at home and uh, they create habits of watching at home. They got the refrigerator right there, you know. They got their uh, lazy boy they can lounge in and uh, feel very comfortable. So what are you going to do to make it worth the fans' time to get in the car, drive over there, you know, first of all, pay the money for the tickets, and to be in your building? Mm -hmm. You have got – look, I understand it. I've been in arenas and stadiums all across this country, and there is nothing like being there, in my opinion. I mean, there's just when something happens that's memorable, and you're there, that, that that is seared into your memory in a way that watching on TV cannot cannot capture. And but <laughs> the comforts are there, and so you've got to make it worth it. I think these are good investments all the way around. Make the fan experience really good. Make the food good. Make it so people don't have to stand in line to get in a bathroom. See, that's something that, like, that seems so minor, right? Oh, you know, and waiting in line for the bathroom. But that is, think about how that um, improves your experience sure. if you don't have to do that. I mean, you're missing big plays, standing mm-hmm. in line for the can. That's the worst. So I, I, I think it's worth the investment in these stadiums to to give those fans uh, what they and especially football because now with the the stoppage time and commercial time and review this and I mean it just it it works against the in person experience so much you watch it on TV you don't even notice but in person right. I mean you just standing there watching people stand around you know you could at least make the experience more more comfortable for and, and frankly I mean look at the, at this arena here I think the changes they made have been have been absolutely uh, terrific from a concert perspective Gordon you've gone to some concerts here since they've renovated it having that access to the second floor through those new tunnels that they built here is great they have um, uh, refreshments and everything back under there where maybe you don't want to deal with the lines on the main concourse I mean things that just make the experience so much better and it makes you realize what you put up with for so long too yeah because we lived through it yeah we did we lived through all the different conditions you know, remember when there wasn't a bathroom available to oh, us? We yeah. had to like hike a mile to get to. I recall that very well. Station, actually. You know, the bathroom issue is. Have you ever, for instance, have you ever gone to a game where you had to stand in line? Yes. That beyond missing the action on the field, that is discomforting to it's, a lot of people. It's the worst. I mean, you're dancing in line. That's not, nobody wants that. What's it? I was at a restaurant once, and uh, I went. Uh, they had single bathrooms, and I went and I tried to get inside the bathroom at the restaurant, and it was someone was in there. It was locked, so I stood there. I stood there. I stood there. You know what I ended up doing? Banging on the door. No, I went into women's. Did you? Is that against the law? I don't know, but I think all of us have done that before. Have right? you done it? Oh yeah. It feels weird, like I'm not supposed to be here, but it's a lot better than standing outside the door waiting for, uh, you know, someone to give birth or whatever was going on in there. Okay. Well, it just took took forever. Uh, Let's see. On Twitter here, uh, our friend Jeremy, at BleedBlueJeremy, tweets in. He says, uh, can we renovate the neighbors' attitudes around LES so we can get a better sound system and bigger video board? Is that a thing? I don't know. Is that the the reason they haven't upgraded uh, 
to a giant video board or, or a better sound system? Is it, is it really neighbors around the stadium complaining? I thought they did upgrade those video boards. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, ago. they've got a, a, a decent video board down yeah, there, right? I, I don't know. I uh, haven't heard anything about that. Because, uh, listen, if you're if you're neighboring the, the stadium down there, I mean, come on, how many events a year are we talking about here? Get over it. It's like, yeah. it's what, like eight, nine Saturdays uh, uh, a year? If you throw in the stadium of fire, which I guess could be on any night. Which is a traffic nightmare. But, you know, it's, it's all right. Well, if you're sitting at home watching the stadium of fire for free every year. Hmm. I've never watched it. Is it on TV? No, but these these neighbors of the stadium. Yeah, yeah uh, they get to watch the fireworks. Okay. Yeah, I, I got you. Huh. Well, I, to those neighbors, I'd say maybe get over it. What, maybe sell what your you, house. What do you think is the most important accommodation for a fan having a worthwhile uh, experience at the stadium, other than the team winning. That obviously makes it a lot better. Hmm. I'd put restrooms right up there. How about quality of food? Concessions? Uh, that's a big deal, I think. I think comfortability of the seat. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that, as opposed to the, the metal bleacher well, having a, a nice seat. How mm-hmm. many how many uh, seats does uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium have? I don't think they have that many down not there. Not many seats, just on the on the east and west side, right? There's not any on the north and south, if I'm yeah, remembering right. bleachers, right? I, mean, that, that, I wouldn't like that. I know uh, you can, if you're a season ticket holder, you can buy a seat back cushion right. to attach to the bleacher. Those portable but, seats, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the way to go, I think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, comfort, uh, convenience. I want good food, too, because, if you're, you know, a ball game is just better when you can order something up that really tastes good. Uh, the dippy dots and the <laughs> snacks. Ability to get around the stadium is a big deal, too. Have you ever gone to those stadiums? Like, I, I went to a, a game at Cal once, and that stadium was near impossible to navigate through. Uh, I remember when I've covered games at that stadium, having to park a long way and hike in there. And of course, I was in the press box, so I mm-hmm. I don't know what it was uh, what it was like down there. Did you go post completion of the uh, update? Uh huh. And I wasn't that impressed, to be honest. Still pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge, but it still looks like it's falling apart. I walked in there, and I was like, what on earth did they actually upgrade? That's the ambiance they're going for, you know, that 1930s college football feel. But that's exactly what I'm talking about eliminating. We need to, you know, you could have like a retro feel stadium, but you need to have some of the conveniences and things for the fans. Like uh, um, I've seen a baseball game at Camden Yards. Beautiful mm-hmm. ballpark in that kind of retro feel to it, but they still have. I mean, it's still really nice. Right. I mean, that that was the stadium that started the uh, sort of renovated retro look. Uh, would you rather have a, an historic venue uh, that didn't have the creature comforts, or would you rather have the creature comforts? Oh, you want the comforts. All that other stuff. Oh, it makes you feel good, gives you a warm and fuzzy, but then you're still sitting in an uncomfortable seat eating an inedible hot dog and fist-fighting somebody just to take a pee. I mean, I, I've, have you been to Wrigley lately? Or I have. I went to Wrigley a few years what ago. Was, what, and how was that for you? It was good. We were out in the in the bleachers in the outfield, so we didn't see many of the the comforts that the high rollers were uh, were using. But uh, so no, I thought it was nice. Bums? Oh, we were out. It was great. We had, we had a lot of fun at Wrigley. Did you? Out in the bleachers, that was the mm-hmm. place to be. Nice day. Matinee game. I mean, the Boston Garden used to smell like stale beer. Right. You know, it was. It, 
Uh, charming, yes, but get rid of it. I mean, did anybody actually shed a tear when the vet was replaced? I mean, I'm sure people got nostalgic, but I mean, wasn't that place just a huge dump? Uh, I remember when it was a palace, when they when they got rid of Connie Mack Stadium and they built the vet. That was like a, a, a palatial experience. But then as the years went by, yeah, it got to the point where, okay, this big cement block needs to go. All right. We'll have more uh, coming up right around the corner. In fact, Gordon, I don't know how we've missed the trial of the century involving Ward Ball, but we're going to get to that coming up next. Oh, boy. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I heard tale over the weekend that someone used you as an example in their Sunday school class. Uh-oh. Could be bad. Just knowing that, do you think they used you as a example of what to do or what not to do? Because I assumed when they said that, I yeah. like, oh man, what lesson were they talking about and what did Tony do wrong? Whatever it was, it was, don't be this guy. See, we've got uh, so many examples. That's why <laughs> I jumped to the conclusion that they were saying, this is an example of what not to do, what not to be. But I will tell you, they actually said they used you as an example in how to forgive really quickly. Oh. Lesson learned, people see you differently than I know you actually to be. <laughs> Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do. You know what I said about Jim Croce before? Yeah. This is a perfect example. This is the one? This is one of them. Doesn't it make you want to go grocery shopping or something? (laughs) I like this song. You just heard it too much. Yeah. It's just, you know. Overdone. Yeah. Okay. I uh, want to remind you about uh, the Tour of Utah podcast, 1280thezone.com. Podcast includes how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to see the upcoming Tour of Utah. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, Utah's Supreme Court weighed in today, uh, had a decision involving ward ball, Gordon. Uh-huh. And I want to, I want to, I'm curious to, as to what you think, all right? Uh, there was a guy, his name's Judd Nixon, who was playing uh, in a ward ball game back in 2012 okay. at a stake center down in Utah County. Uh, he was, uh, he was, he had the ball, and he was going up against another guy, uh, Edward Clay is that guy's name. Uh, Utah Supreme Court uh, Associate Justice Thomas Lee offered this play-by-play, all right? So this is him describing the situation. I'm going from uh, the piece in the trib. Quote, Nixon dribbled the ball down the court to take a shot. Clay pursued Nixon to try and contest the shot. As Clay approached Nixon's right side, he extended his right arm over Nixon's shoulder to reach for the ball. Nixon came to a jump stop at the foul line and began his shooting motion. When Nixon came to this sudden stop, Clay's arm made contact with Nixon's right shoulder. Nixon then felt his left knee pop. Both men fell to the ground. A referee determined, and we all know the the quality of refereeing <laughs> Brother when it comes, Smith, when it comes really, to yeah. ward ball. Uh, the referee determined that the contact was not intentional and warranted only a common foul. 
This so, is all from the judge? Uh, uh, well, that- uh, uh, Just for a short. Right, uh, just a quote right. there. And then, uh, I was the, going to say, well, I was on top. Um, so Nixon suffered a serious knee injury, um, and he took uh, this guy, Clay, three years later, took him to court. He waited three years? He argued that Clay had tackled him and that his actions were negligent and caused the injury. Now, a Provo judge found that uh, that Nixon's injury was not the result of willful or reckless conduct, but occurred during uh, foreseeable contact during a game, and uh, said that his swiping at the ball or reaching in are, are to be expected when you're playing a game of basketball, right? Is that really to be expected to be? Because if you drape your arm over someone's shoulder, that's not exactly a basketball play, is it? Well. Okay, here's what the the Utah Supreme Court uh, said real quick here, and then because I, I think you're on to something a little bit. It says uh, the Supreme Court said the decision means Utahns can play hard at these at the sports they love without worrying about a potential lawsuit for injuries sustained in competition. We are very pleased the court uh, offered such clear and simple uh, direction. So here's the thing, though. Where where is the line? Does it have to be basketball related? Is is that what you or where the line should be? Because it, Cause let, it can get pretty rough and tumble, man. Let's say this guy actually tackled this other yeah. guy. Well, that w- that would be and outside, blew out his knee. That would be outside the uh, the realm of uh, a natural basketball play, right? But stepping onto the basketball floor and I think the oh, court. Oh, is it like a gladiator combat? No, but you have to assume a certain amount of risk because you're playing a contact sport. I'll tell you though, if you've ever played with guys who don't know what the hell they're doing. It is dangerous. And that's why higher quality players sometimes hesitate to go out and play with people like that. And I'm not saying specifically to this, but uh, our made-up scenario, uh, because you can get hurt doing that. I have a friend who was not much of a basketball player, but he loved going down and getting in runs and whatnot. And he, he was dangerous. He was dangerous. Because he didn't know where his body was. So should he be liable if somebody gets hurt in I, a game he's playing? I, but you can understand that somebody who is used to a certain level of basketball and then all of a sudden someone's forearms come smacking across your your chin. I mean, that's, that, that's not exactly something that you're looking forward to. I mean, I'll, when I was playing in a city league game, a guy popped me right in the eye. Because he was out of control. And I didn't sue him or anything like that, but I had to uh, assume the, the medical treatment that it took to get the laser uh, to get my my retina welded back together. But you kind of knew you were at risk of getting hurt when you decided to play in the game. You have to accept some of that when you're doing it. That, I mean, we say a it, prayer before the game. But it's a lot easier. I mean, it's a lot less likely to get hurt that way when you're playing with people who know what the heck they're doing out there. So I understand the frustration, but from a legal standpoint, it gets very cloudy. I understand that. Foggy. You're not quite sure where, how you're going to enforce that and how you're going to interpret that. Who knows what they're doing and who doesn't? The players, though, know. They know who's who's dangerous and who isn't. But you shouldn't have to be worried about being sued just every time you go out and play basketball. Well, be the hell careful out there, then. Know where your body parts are. 
They'd be swinging your arms around, hitting people. Yeah, but you- because people are vulnerable in that moment. That's not why they're there. They're there to compete. They're there to play ball. And accidents they're- happen. You you shouldn't have to be worried about yeah, getting sued. I understand just that. playing ward but ball. But accidents are a lot more likely to happen with people who don't know where their freaking arms and limbs are going. Okay, so what's the answer then? You have to do some sort of skills test to play ward ball. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. Maybe you need a worthiness interview. Because, you know, and and correct me. This isn't BYU. Correct me, the two of you, if I'm wrong, but isn't the point of Ward Ball is to get everybody to participate? Isn't that like one of the whole ideals of the situation is they want everybody who uh, wants to play to come play? That's the idea, right? I think right. it's, a, it's a blazoned on the side of the building. Visitors welcome. Right. I'm telling you right now, guys who play a lot of basketball, they know. They know where that line is, and they could tell these judges where that line is, but they're not always there. So it's from a legal standpoint, it would be pretty impossible to, uh, to uphold a standard like that. But it, I, I'm just telling you, Jake, you know, you've been around. You've seen guys who are just wild men on the court. Sure, Why'd you but, look at me? But I guess I, I, I don't want to litigate the fun out of life. Isn't that what this feels like? Is, is like married okay, a lawyer. What are you uh, talking about? People are having a little too much fun playing ward ball, so uh, we probably ought to get a lawsuit it's going. It's not fun having your knee blown out because yeah, some clown he hit him is in the shoulder, hitting you in a, in a place that you shouldn't be hit. But you know that it, it, it's like uh, going skiing. They have the they listed on the pass the the risks of skiing basically, uh-huh. and they have to do that. I'm sure legally. But as soon as you you click on your bindings, you you accept a certain amount of risk of getting injured just because of the sport you're participating. Yeah, in. Yeah, but that's your fault. I mean, that's not not necessarily your fault directly, but. Nobody else is causing your injury, just you. But you have the same acceptance of the risk in basketball, I think. You shouldn't be able to – and I feel bad for this dude because I'm sure blowing out your knee, that really sucks. And well, I'm sure he thought – The mountain doesn't reach up and hit you across the shoulder when you're going up for a shot. Well, by the way, this guy got hit in the shoulder and, and his knee got hurt, so I failed to – but he it, probably it, just I, thinks – I think it probably knocked him somehow so he landed awkwardly on his – I don't know, I wasn't there – but I'm telling you right now, then those of you who are out there who play a lot of ball, have you had that experience when you get on the court and you have no control over the opponent? You have no control over the quality of that player? You're playing for your team and you go out there and all of a sudden you got the Tasmanian devil covering you thinking he's playing in the NBA Finals. So what I'm taking out of this segment is that you're too good at basketball for ward ball. No, I'm not. Because too, that's kind I'm of not, what it it's sounds not, like. It's not a matter of how, how good you are. It's a matter of your understanding of the game. I've seen guys undercut guys do all kinds of crazy things that are just so avoidable. No, but they don't know what to do. They don't know what they don't know how to position their bodies. They don't know the unwritten rules. So they should be sued. I agree. No, I'm not let's, saying let's that. Let's drag them into court. No, and let's shake every nickel out of those pockets. I'm not saying that. But it's. It, it, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe there just needs to be a little education. Okay, so we're back to doing a skills test before a ward ball game. <laughs> not skills test. It's more knowing. Knowing what what the rules are and what they aren't, don't be when the guy's going up for a shot. Don't come flying down with the hammer of Thor. 
Because that's what happened. Uh-huh. I don't know what happened in that case, but I've seen stuff. I saw a guy once going through. He was maneuvering. Brother you know, Thor, leave your know, hammer at he, home. He, he had a crossover, and then came the other guy, and this guy clotheslined him and hit him right in the Adam's apple, man. I, I, I thought... I thought he crushed his, uh, what do you call that, the trachea or something? Larynx? Larynx? I don't know. But some of that stuff can be avoided easily. And it's the guy who gets hit who ends up suffering the consequences, right? And he didn't do anything wrong except for walk on the court. State conference will be real awkward going forward, though. I'll tell you that. When these guys have to see each other. I just kind of want to play basketball with Gordon so I can sue him now. Oh, I've already planned it. It's, yeah, uh, right. I'm not, not going to do that to you. Retirement. I'm not going to undercut you. I'm not going to pop you in the ribs when you. You know, I mean, the guys do that stuff. Oh, I'm going to heave myself into harm's way. You're not really. You're not getting it here. It's going to have oh, very gonna little. Hurt, of you're going to hurt me. No, I'm going to hurt uh, myself by putting myself in the bad position. But it's going to be you inflicting the pain, and then uh, you'll be in touch with my attorney. I'm not saying that I'm in favor of litigation. I'm going to come saying, down on your foot hey, you on purpose. Hey, you numbskulls out there who don't know what the heck you're doing, control your body parts. Keep that. All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Chris Camrani, now of The Athletic. We'll talk to him about uh, him kind of shifting his focus and uh, taking his writing uh, to The Athletic to cover University of Utah football. Stay tuned. 97.5. Oh, kidney punch. 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.